Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lenz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 27 called, The Lord is My Light. I remember uh, some years ago, I had a chance to speak at a uh, men's conference, and I was talking about how God is seen in creation that, uh, you know, in the universe that he made, day after day, it pours forth speech, night after night, it displays knowledge, that God can be seen in what he made. And I said, you know what's interesting? I said, we can see God in the stars and in the sun and the moon and perhaps a snow-capped mountain or a beautiful bird. Or I remember I was at a, I think I was at a golf course recently and I saw this beautiful blue jay. Its color was so bright and beautiful. And I said, okay, it was a men's conference. I said, I want you to think of a beautiful woman. Hopefully it's your wife. Don't lust. But God has made some beautiful creatures, has he not? And an appreciation of beauty is okay. You don't want to cross the line as a man, and we got to be careful here, right? Or as a woman. But God has made an incredibly beautiful world, and it's an extension of his beauty. Take this in the best sense, okay? The world is an extension of his beauty. His splendor is on display. In the book of Ruth, uh, Naomi is one of the main characters, and her name, her name uh, connects with the root word for beauty. Naomi means pleasant. But remember, as the story goes on, she says, don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara, which means what? Bitter, because I've had a lot of bitterness in my life. But her name actually means pleasant, and that's what the idea of beauty is here. And here's the implication. Whenever you draw near to God, you are going to find pleasantness. You're going to find beauty. When you gaze upon the Lord, all the cares of the world grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and praise and grace. Amen. See, this is what God wants you to do. The old hymn, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim. See, this is what we need. This is what worship is. And people who have found how to worship God, even, you know, you can have two different people who will get in their vehicle tonight and one will be walking with the Lord and one may not. There will be a bunch of people who wake up in this city tomorrow morning. Some will be worshipers of God and some will not. And it's not that God is not available to all of us and to all believers. It will be whether or not you decide and I decide to seek his face. One experience I'll tell you that I had some years ago, uh, I believe that the spiritual gifts are for today and the gift of tongues is a mystery to me. And I, I know that there's a lot of people who fake it and a lot of people who abuse it and it's out of order. But I, I have heard it done in order where it's beautiful. And so one night I was laying on my bed and I, and I just was praying, and I just said, Lord, I'm just seeking your face right now. I want to know you. I want to know you. I don't want to play church. I don't want to go through the motions. I want to know you. 
And there was something that came in my mind. It wasn't even verbally out of my lips that I believe was a gift of language from God. And I tell you, it startled me. It's the one time it's ever, I could say, genuinely, I know it happened in my life. It startled me. I was like, whoa, that was not from me. What was that? I don't even know what it meant. But I felt like the Lord just gave me a little taste of, I am here. I know you. I know your name. I know your heart. And because you decided to seek me, I let you find me because I'm not far. You know, in Acts 17, when Paul's preaching up on Mars Hill and he is addressing the people of Athens, Greece, he says, you know, God is not far from each one of us. And he said that really to a group of pagan philosophers. God, God is nearer than we think. You know, this whole, the dimensions in which we live and how heaven works and how God can be omnipresent, these are some pretty radical ideas. They're hard for the human mind to understand. And there's, I've heard people talk about dimensions and that kind of thing. But somehow God in his power and in in his omnipresence can hear a prayer of a guy in Corona, California, who's just saying, Lord, I want to know you. I don't get how he could hear my prayer and your prayer at the same time. But he does. And he touched me back. And it was as if he said, Michael, I know you. And you know me. And that's really all that matters in the end. Jesus said, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have Sent. Eternal life is to know the sender and the sent one. The sent one is the visible manifestation of the invisible God. That verse is not saying that Jesus is not God. It's just saying that you need to know the sender through the sent one, God in human flesh. Amen. Amen. This one thing is what we need. Splendor and majesty are before him. Psalm 96.6. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. He is beautiful. Everything in his temple says glory, glory, glory. I tell you, this world can be an ugly place. I know we had a vice presidential debate tonight. I I saw a little bit of it before I came in here. Uh, Some of you saw the presidential debate. Some of you have, I've had a lot of people tell me, and can you guys check the air in the back? You might want to flip the air on, Nathan. Nathan, can you hear me now? I think we need the air condition flipped on. Thank you. I'm not preaching on hell, otherwise we'd be good. (laughs) Or the day of the Lord or anything like that. I've had a lot of people tell me that they've gotten off of Facebook. That they, I've had several people tell me in the last week or two, I'm no longer on social media. And I was like, why? Well, it's just getting ugly. (laughs) It's getting ugly. Right? It can be a very ugly world. People can be very ugly. And the only way to combat that is to turn your eyes to the beautiful one. He is beautiful. This world can be ugly. Um, when my wife and I got married, we chose a couple songs for our first dance. And uh, one of them was, uh, What a Beautiful World. And You know, I think the more you walk with God, the more you can see beauty in people. 
that maybe you lacked. Amen? <laughs> when you're walking in the flesh, it's very difficult. But the more you have the light of the Lord, the more you can see people through his eyes, which is beautiful. I was mentioning my wife and I because our first dance was uh, What a Beautiful World. Oh, yeah. Anyway. For in the day of trouble, five, Psalm 27, he, God, will conceal me in his tabernacle. When I, I have my gaze on him, here's what happens. In the secret place, you can write down Psalm 91, 1, of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. And now my head will be lifted up above my enemies or my circumstances, you might say, around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. We offer God the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Hebrews 13, 15. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Now, David gives us another clue. He says, once you've turned your eyes to the Lord and, you, and he's touched you back, now you might break into some song because after all, the Psalms are songs anyway. And you come into church and sometimes you come into church and you're a little bit in the flesh and a little bit cranky and you just don't even know if you want to be in worship. I remember hearing Alistair Begg. He said he walked into a church, I think it was in California, and he said he slipped into the back row and he just needed to hear from the Lord and the worship leader came out. And I'm not saying that this is always wrong, but he came out, it was early in the morning. He said he was cranky, he was kind of in the flesh. Here he is, Pastor Alistair Begg. And he said, and the worship leader came out and said, good morning, how's everybody doing? <laughs> and have you ever had a morning where you're like, don't ask me that question. And, and he said, you know, if you really want to know how I'm doing, I, I'd like to kick the dog and scream and yell and whine. And he said, but the moment that the music turned his gaze to God, all of that stuff melted away. That's what we find in worship. That's why we need to be walking in the spirit so that he can lift us up above our enemies, above all those things that bug us. Psalm 121, 1 and 2, I will lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The Lord is good. Nahum 1, 7, a stronghold in the day of battle. He knows those who take refuge in him. So David says, I will offer in his tent sacrifices. I will give shouts of joy. Remember the backdrop of the psalm. If this is what it is, David had a lot to be bummed about, but he, he spoke to his own heart. I will sing. Yes, end of six, I will sing praises to the Lord. It's going to change my heart. Hear, O Lord, when I cry seven with my voice. Be gracious to me and answer me. When thou didst say, seek my face, my heart said to thee, thy face, O Lord, I shall seek. Hear me when I cry. Be gracious to me. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, full of mercy. And the Lord has an instruction for David. He says, seek my face. And it's for you and me too. God says, seek my face. And I was curious. I've read this many times. And I wondered, where has God ever said, seek my face? And it struck me. And it's in 2 Chronicles 7. It's, this is one place. And it's a verse that's being quoted everywhere. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. If they will 
seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations this year. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. If they will seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. God calls you and me to seek his face. Now, I'm still, I threw out the question about the mechanics of that, but I think we're all starting to get it because this is a spiritual endeavor. When someone is physically in front of me, and I I gave the illustration recently of my wife, if I were to hold my wife's face and look into her eyes, that's a physical encounter, and that, that can be a very beautiful thing, uh, a relational intimacy kind of thing. But how does one do that spiritually? How, how do I seek God's face? Because he's spirit. Now, Jesus isn't walking the planet physically anymore. Some people had that chance to look into the face of the Messiah. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you like to have had experienced that? Some people probably didn't appreciate that. And one day you will see his face, praise God. And that's coming. But how do we do it spiritually now? How do we draw near? What does it mean to seek God's face? Well, I think that one of the main ways that you seek God's face is to slow down and turn your eyes to prayer and his word, to worship. You're the one that lifts my head. Even though I haven't seen him, I love him. And I know I'm going to see him. And so sometimes I have to ask the Lord to teach my eyes to see beyond the physical. Everybody with me? Teach my eyes to have 2020, spiritually speaking, 
Enlighten my eyes to see you in the little and big things. Teach me what it means to walk in the Spirit. Teach me how to abide. Teach me how to turn to your word and turn to prayer when my temptation is to do everything but that. You know, uh, Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please God, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God wants you to seek him. You know, some of us are really good at seeking after the things that we want to get done, and we won't quit until it's done. Some of you are like, man, you're on it. And whatever you want to really accomplish, you get it done. But Bible study for some of you, <laughs> worship and prayer and praise could be more difficult. Isn't it challenging sometimes to be alone and have 17 different things on your plate and say, you know what, I'm just going to drop to my knees and pray. And, you know, somebody wrote a book, I'm too busy not to pray. So the psalm is winding down, but a little bit more for us to look at. He says, don't hide your face from me. When I, when I seek your face, please don't hide it from me. Don't turn away. Do not turn thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Don't abandon me or forsake me, O God of my salvation. This is a cry. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord, please notice, friend, brother, sister, the Lord will take me up. Sometimes forsaking us and hiding and turning away is what people do. It could be really hard if your mom and dad did it to you. I know a lot of us have abandonment issues. <laughs> and I'm not trying to make light of that, but that's kind of the phrase out there. But if you were abandoned by the people that you should have trusted the most, it really hurts. And if you've ever tried to reach out to someone and they turned away from you, you ever had someone turn their back to you? Ooh, that's a tough one. You ever try to get your, uh, someone's attention that was really important to you and they turned away? They wouldn't give you their attention. They wouldn't give you their face. It's painful. But David says of God, even for my mother, my, my father and my mother have forsaken me, and I don't know how to take that specifically, but let's just say if that were to happen, let's just say if you were abandoned. You know, a lot of the pain in our lives comes from abandonment or hurt or wounds. And David says, if I were forsaken by those two who should be the most faithful to us, right? The Lord will take me up. He, it's as if he's saying, you know, Lord, that's what people do, but please don't you do that. Because if you were to turn away from me, I, I don't know what I would do. And Jesus says in the New Testament, anyone who comes to me, I will in no wise cast them out. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come. Anyone who will come to Jesus, he will not turn away. Anyone who will come in humility, no matter who they may be, tax collector, prostitute, etc., he will not turn away. So David says, teach me your way, O Lord. 11, lead me in a level path because of my foes. Do not deliver me over to the desire of my adversaries. 
for false witnesses have risen against me and such as breathe out violence. And then these two verses. I would have despaired. I would have been afraid. I would have broken. I may have lost hope unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. This is just simply a statement of faith. After he says, teach me, don't deliver me over, help me to walk on a level path. He said, I would have despaired. I I could have been overwhelmed by fear unless I had what? Believed. See, David was a man of faith. He was a man of action, but he was a man of faith. Unless I believed, unless I believed that Dog and his group wouldn't overtake me. Unless I believed when I was younger that Goliath, as big and as intimidating as he may be, was nothing compared to the power of the living God. Do you still believe that that same God's alive and well today in your life and circumstances? Unless David had said, you know what? I know Saul wants to kill me and he, he's thrown a couple of spears at me at the dinner table. But I believe that God has a good plan for my life and I believe he won't abandon me. And Absalom, who tried to take the throne away, even though it broke David's heart, Absalom ended up seeing his own demise because David was God's man. And you are God's child. I would have despaired I would have lost all hope unless I had believed. I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I I would say for the Christian, uh, Bible verses are important to uh, continue to meditate on. But there's a little positivity here. If the backdrop of the story is Dog and his lies, and he just killed 85 priests and destroyed this village, and David is in despair, how could he say this? How could he not be stuck? But yet he trusts in the Lord. And so the final verse says, wait for the Lord. The Hebrew word could be translated wait or hope. And you could write down Isaiah 40, 31. Those who wait for the Lord will renew their strength. Mount up with wings like eagles. Here it could be rendered hope in the Lord or wait for the Lord. And then be strong. Let your heart take courage. Yes, All God's people said, wait or hope for the Lord or wait or hope in the Lord. Lord God, thank you for your living word. It is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. Thank you that we can have confidence in our God. And thank you that right now we can seek your holy face. And you will be found in the secret place. What's amazing is that there's no longer a physical temple. We are the temple of the living God. And the moment that we decide to seek you, you're already here. The Holy Spirit lives in us. And it's amazing how we could live a day or several days or weeks or months where we would have very little communion with you. Lord, teach us how to commune with you how to know that you live in us and all we simply have to do is say, Lord Jesus, take the reins, fix my eyes fresh upon you. Help me to hope in you. Help me to know that you have good for me. Speak to my heart. Show me the way. Lead me in the level path. Lord, teach us how to follow you and how to worship you. Thank you for the faithful worshipers who have come out tonight. Thank you for those who have joined us. 
via live stream, would you bless them, keep them, let your beautiful face shine upon them and give them shalom. In Christ's name I pray. You've been listening to The Lord is My Light, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. That was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 27. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we'd love to honor you as our listener and put you on our show. Would you call us and leave a short voicemail about why you listen to Walk in Truth or any words of encouragement, prayer, or blessing you'd like to say to your fellow listeners? Simply call 844-48-TRUTH and leave a short message. Again, please call today because we would love to highlight our listeners. Call 844-48-TRUTH today. That's 844-48-TRUTH. One more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your financial gift helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Please consider becoming a monthly partner, too. $5 a month is greatly needed. Please visit walkintruth.com and click donate. That's walkintruth.com. Or you can write a check and mail your gift to Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. That's Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's message in Psalm 30 called, You Have Turned My Morning Into Dancing. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.